So he gets spit out by the fish. And we decided that he wasn't bashing the boat people. Well, that, you know, we were, we, were, we were going back and forth about that, but no, I, I, my feeling, right, we, we concluded that. I mean, no, the I Malbim, we had, we had the Malbim backing us up on that. You know, the, the other Mepharshim, right, the Radak and the Ibn Ezra, and a lot of the Mepharshim seemed to lean in the direction that he was not bashing, but being like skeptical about the uh, chickens. Well, our, our conclusion was skeptical. That that, I don't know, New Delhi is. Uh, they're not going to keep whatever they say, but either way, I'm still going to. But I'm the real deal. Yeah, I'm the right. That's so the the other mafarshim, like the the classical mafarshim, Ibn Ezra, Radak. I think the Mitsudot, the ones that I like glanced at before, they were interpreting his comment when he says the people who are mishamrim avleishav, those people, the chasdam, it's not real. Chasdam yazovu, those people are not serious. That the reference is to. The boat people, that was what most of the Farshim say. But the Malbim says, no, he's talking about what he thinks about the Ninveh people. The reason why that seems to be warranted, that, like the, why, why like the Malbim's interpretation, is only because it seems like the boat people are very genuine, and that's part of the reason, like, the way that it seems like the story is unfolding is the reason why Yonah is willing to sacrifice himself, basically, to save them, is because he realizes that they're belief is genuine and so he's you know now he doesn't have a right to do that anymore to you know and and the uh and that's the and and it does seem like it says that they were they they made nidarim and they and it says shayit gairu right so i don't know it that seems to fit better and that he's really still expressing he's basically expressing his his the way i would read it and i'm not saying this is the only way but the way i would read it is that he's he's expressing his um his hesitation or his cav- he's making a caveat about the people of Ninveh. He's basically like, look, I got saved to do this mission, but I still think the people who are not real, they're not, it's not going to hold. It's not going to be the real thing. But I, you know, in my case, it's a genuine thanksgiving to God that he saved me, but right, so... They're going to say, they're going to say lip service and it's not genuine, right. Uh, because they don't have a ge- they don't have a real relationship with God, okay. so that's why it doesn't seem like that's applicable to the people on the boat. Because it seems like their transformation was genuine; that he wouldn't judge that. Right. But the other mafreshim are saying he is. So it, I guess the the question would be, in other words, is it what happened here in Yonah's, uh, you know, in this stage in the uh, in the book? Is it that Yonah, the way I was reading it, which I'm saying isn't necessarily the only way, but the way that I had been reading it is that. Yonah saw the boat, the transformation of the of the boat people as genuine, and he respected it. But he still holds that the people of Nineveh are not going to be like that. The people of Nineveh are not going to really be the be, be genuine in their teshuva. Right? That's the that. However, another possibility is that no, even with regard to the boat people, he's he's saying I don't really think people who are who you know in in a situation like this uh, like ala makom in in the moment that they have a, a transformation whether it's the people on the boat or the people in Ninveh, are real is it is it really going to stick is it really going to be a permanent one and that that would be like the way the other mafashim are saying that he's he's saying that i had a relationship with god before so when i went through this experience it just further deepened my sense of commitment to god but for these people that it was because of a momentary a situation that happened uh, of a crisis, those people's uh, transformations and commitments are not really the, the, the genuine... How does that, the, 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 yeah. How does that you know, get them out of this jaded uh, melancholy? No, it doesn't. What gets them out is they're almost dying and coming back right. separate, That's a separate question on that. He's apparently still in the belly of a fish. Well, now he got, right, before, right. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you answered, you know, why is he giving a tefillah of thanksgiving? Yeah, it's not all No, his tefillah of thanksgiving is about not drowning. It's not a. It's, not a, it's right. Right. He realizes that he was saved. Fish as his saving. Right. That's his rescue boat. Yeah, he was saved from. I mean, I think that's the pshat. The pshat is that he's he was his his tefillah is expressing thanksgiving for being saved from drowning, not from being saved from the from the from the fish. The fish was his. Uh, the fish was his lifeboat. So do right? we make too big of a deal out of the? Because the rest of the, 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 next, the rest of the book doesn't seem to make a big deal out of it. We're not, the fish is not... Uh, the fish is like a <clears throat> Like It could just be... Well, I wouldn't analogy. say that. It could have been a, it could have been a boat with nobody on it. It could have been a whale. It could have been a lifeboat. It could have been a whale. Most saying, likely. They even have a big hole oh, for air. I saw, I saw in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in many, many pictures on the front of books about Jonah and the whale. Everyone can't be wrong. <laughs> Thank you, Abraham Avino. It can't be that a billion impressions. Yeah, nothing can mean nothing. What does it mean? Mean, 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 mean? I mean, the point was. People are bothered by the fact that oh, but he how did he survive the stomach of a whale? No, I don't think that's wow. the. Well, that well, part is definitely not going to be the how. What else is he going to do? Send Superman? If the symbolism. Right. The, the, in the middle of the ocean, never, it's not going to last on that too long. Man, man, the, the but why are you saying it means nothing? No. What do you mean by it means nothing? No, really. What do you mean? I mean, like it can be taken allegorically as like a fishbone. He's saying that it's insignificant to the progression of the the, the value of the story. I want to know what meaning. They tell people it, when they say, "Oh, how are you doing? I survived in the stomach of a." Oh, so I can say it's not allegorical. Well, you have. Well, you said you have two possibilities, and I said this yesterday. We talked about this yesterday. You were there yesterday. Yeah. No, one possibility. Yeah, you can either do Ibn Kaspi and say this whole thing is really just a nivuat to educate Yonah and don't worry about the literal meaning of the fish. That's not you saying it, it's, it's him. Or you could say that Masenisim, I mean, we're talking about somebody who definitely was, you know, worthy of miracles being performed on his behalf and into divine intervention. So it's no more miraculous than uh, many other, than Daniel going into a lion den with hungry lion and the lion's like, I'm totally cool with this guy being here and I'm not going to eat him. You know, it's not a, it's, it's no different than any other case where there's a, an intervention, miraculous intervention. I mean, either way could be fine. Now he, but he's definitely, this is the means of salvation. Now it's a divine means of salvation because it's through nature. And just like the kikayon is through nature, uh, and that's and and part of the, the the thematic content of Yonah is definitely this interplay or this this relationship between God as the God of nature, and Hashem as the Yudke Vavke as the God that relates to human beings in a in a way outside of nature or above nature. You could say transcends nature or um, outside of the framework of the laws of nature. Right, that's that's the that's a much of so 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 with that in mind as one of the thematic elements of the book, it could be that that uh, that that the dag is significant precisely because if a, if any other means, some artificial means saved him, it wouldn't have had that same significance as coming from Hashem's natural, the things at Hashem's disposal as the God of nature, just like we saw that the way that Hashem uh, tried to stop Yonah was 
by bringing a storm and the ocean and basically galvanizing the elements of nature against them, against an artificial thing, which is the boat, which is a man-made thing, right? So he's released from that into another natural uh, vehicle of the dug. There's no other vehicle, there's no natural vehicles for human beings in the sea, right? There's horses on earth, but there's, I mean, on, on dry land, but there's nothing in the sea. So that could just be that it's Hashem doing it outside of any human agency through the means of the laws, uh, through the means of nature, even though it's being done from a, in a hashgacha pratit manner. Now, whether that's taught to him in an allegory or that's literal, it's still the same message that Hashem is utilizing natural means as an instrument to, uh, to accomplish a hashgacha pratit uh, objective. Okay? Um, all right. So, but, but that's... That, so we, we still don't, we don't know for sure, we don't know for certain whether, what, whether Yonah's skepticism was about the boat people also, or whether it was all the, in other words, if you say that his skepticism remains in place, which it does seem to be, because whether he's talking about the people of Ninveh, he's talking about the people of the boat, he's still skeptical, yet he's willing to go through with his mission, because now that he was given life as a gift, he's like, well, you know, God, give me, I, I don't have a right, to, I owe it to God now that I have to fulfill this shlichut, even though Whether I don't... Whether they're keeping it, I've got to do my part. Right. Yeah. I'm not going right, to right. make any... <clears throat> I'm not going to be in a position to uh, critique the mission at this point, because really I would have lost my life, and I was given back to me, so now I owe it to God, and I... Uh, do we have any information on, on whether or not he is to Because from what I see, I don't see anything... That indicates skepticism. I just see yeah, the Havleishav thing. That that's the thing. He's saying, okay, so he's saying the people who, who hang on to Havleishav, meaning idolaters, their chesed is going to pass away because they're not really meaning whatever commitments they make and whatever might seem like a type of a transformation. It's only on the surface. But one who really has a relationship with God is going to fulfill his, commi- his commitments. Whether he applied that also to the people on the boat and included them in the positive or the right, negative right, right. category doesn't matter. But he's still somebody who's skeptical of people who don't, uh, uh, you know, whose who's teshuvah is not right. coming from a place that is genuine. Mm-hmm. And he's still a stickler for that. So we were, we were having a discussion about that earlier, about like what exactly the story is with Yonan. And, 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 and it's... Uh, and Rabbi Foreman's take on it, and uh, that I had mentioned, I had mentioned yesterday, uh, what his what his approach is. <laughs> that he he views it as that Yonah's bothered by the midata din being bent, right? Because when he says, "I knew that you were Hashem, who is erechapayim, and you're going to you're going to forgive," and I'm upset about that, that you're going to forgive, meaning I wanted midata din. And the way Rabbi Foreman explained it was, it's not fair that a person who exerts him or herself to be a tzaddik, to do all the right things, ends up at the same finish line as the bad guy because the bad guy got a special pass from God of, of Midata Achamim. That was how he explained it. Right, but we'll see if that really pans out. I, I, there's something about that that I don't like uh, in the book. Okay, let's go on. Let's, let's go. go. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. He's not going to let you go. I still don't understand. He hasn't been enlightened in any way. It's only been his own personal experience, the fact that he almost died. This is the only change in his attitude. He goes from being like suicidal to continuing on his mission just because he had a near death experience. What do you mean just because he had a near death experience? He was bothered by. No, I was, I was connecting this to exactly. He had a major theological. No, I was connecting this to the. Right. That okay. Was, that was throwing him completely off course. It was veering him off his life's course. 
Right. It's, it's the only way we can explain a Navi doing the things that he did. Right. He almost died. All of a sudden, it's like, whoa, all those all those issues I had are not no longer issues, and let me go back to my mission now. Saying it's not not my place. It was the rebirth of God. God supernaturally saves my life. I have responsibility. What happens when after the captain approached him on the boat? But we're, we're saying, according to his words, yeah. he's, he feels like it was lip service, no matter who. Right. Well, another another possibility is that, which is again not following really what those mifarshim are saying, but another possibility would be that maybe seeing the example of the people on the boat gave him the thought that it could be possible that I at, at my pre- currently my view is that somebody who is not genuine their teshuvah is not really worth it but it could now that I saw what happened on the boat maybe uh, you know maybe it is possible that something will happen in Bay that will surprise me and therefore uh, and therefore I'm going to go through with it if you want to say that his his view about his skepticism was like somewhat attenuated by what he saw on the boat that's possible maybe right his own personal circumstance maybe he he was deserving of death he was I'll tell you what the problem is. Anything that we say about Yonah's transformation at this point gets undermined because later on he's still upset when Ninveh is saved. Right? So like, so even though, meaning we can't say that Yonah has reached the point where he's fully developed as a character where he's fully learned his lesson because once he goes to Ninveh and Ninveh does Teshuvah instead of being like yes I accomplished my mission Ninveh listened to my words they did Teshuvah God forgave them that was the whole purpose of my mission right instead of saying that he's even more despondent after that so the um, so the so obviously something is still incomplete in whatever the development of Yonah is right so now, one possibility is that, like what we were saying yesterday, that like the story of Avram Avinu, that when he went, Nasalones, from the moment that a miracle saved his life, so he felt that now my life is not my own. And I have to do the will of God because God kept me alive in order to do this. Right? And, and therefore, the, the purpose of my existence is to fulfill this. And, then, and maybe that explains why afterwards he said, okay, now I want to die. Meaning it's not, I'm doing it because God gave me back my life in order to do it. That's one possibility. The other possibility is that maybe he now, he thinks that there's, he's saying, I still hold by my skepticism of inauthentic teshuvah, but maybe there's more to the situation and I'll see authentic teshuvah. Okay, maybe I'm going to see in this circumstance genuine teshuvah and therefore I'll keep an open mind. Meaning maybe his whole point is, this is a little. This is an unconventional way of reading it. I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm saying maybe the idea is that I my position is that a teshuvah that isn't rooted in the shem Hashem yudke vavke, meaning it's not a genuine teshuvah to Hashem to a knowledge of Hashem and commitment to Hashem. That type of teshuvah is doesn't really count. It's just it, it's just a practical teshuvah to avoid consequences, and therefore that type of teshuvah is not acceptable to me. But maybe this experience is to show me I shouldn't underestimate the people of Ninveh because I saw the people on the boat had a transformation. So maybe now maybe the people of Ninveh will, and so I'll give them a second chance. I assume maybe what he's what has changed is that now That's he's good. right. Maybe what has changed is now he wants to give the second chance to the people of Ninveh. Not that he changed his position. And I think that fits much better with the book because it doesn't seem that he did change his position. He still thought that if God 
that if the people of Nineveh are only going to do a teshuvah to Elohim and not to Hashem, meaning it's just a practically motivated teshuvah and it's not a genuine teshuvah, that it's not worth it. And in fact, it undermines my whole mission because my whole mission is to teach people to come closer to Yud Kevavke, a true understanding of Hashem. And why am I helping people that are going to be saved just because they don't want to be punished? That's not, that's not the, uh, the objective of a Navi. Cool. The, obje- the objective of a Navi is to Hashem Hashem. So why is he going to for that line? No, so I'm saying, so maybe, the whole, maybe what he thought to himself was, this maybe, he doesn't think God disagrees with him. He thinks, oh, God agrees with me, but I underestimated the people of Nineveh. I didn't want to go because the people of Nineveh weren't going to be genuinely doing Teshuvah, but I'm going to give them a second chance. Maybe they will. That's because I saw the people on the boat did. Maybe they will. So you know what? Uh, I'm going to give them a chance. Maybe that's what it's about. But what's going on? Because Eliyahu's goal was to get the people to say, Hashem Right. right. Which, is, which is what he's trying to right. He's trying to get people to do a real... He wants Vishapta Ad Adonai Elohecha. He wants somebody who returns to a real understanding of God and knowledge of God following the way of God. For its own sake, meaning a true, genuine Teshuvah Me'ahava, let's say. Or at least from reverence of God. Not a Teshuvah because we're going to be destroyed. That's not the type of Teshuvah that I want. You see the people on the boat seem to have a real acknowledgement of God in the end. But he, doesn't, he didn't think the people of Nineveh were capable of that. Maybe now he's saying, okay, fine, I'll give it a shot. Who knows? Maybe it will work. Right? It's like one time, one time a, uh, uh, um, this Mikubal, who was a very famous Mikubal, Chaim, you know who it was, um, from Yerushalayim, he came to my synagogue in, in Maryland and he was like going to be there for Shabbat and he found out that most of the people are not Shomer Shabbat, which was true. There wasn't a very religious synagogue. So he's like, oh, I can't raise any funds from, that are from people who are, uh, that are not Shomer Shabbat. But Hashem must have put me here so I can say a message to the people. Maybe it will have an impact. Maybe it will be Mekarev people. But I won't do any of my raising funds. That's what he did. I don't think it was Mekarev. Maybe because he didn't but, raise funds, people listened to him. Yeah, maybe what? Maybe. <laughs> the point was that it, maybe Yonah said, okay, maybe I'm here for, I, I'm going for a reason. Maybe I made assumptions about the people of Nineveh. I think that makes sense with the storyline. It doesn't fit with the traditional Mepharshim interpretation, but we never, you know, we don't have to worry about that. We're allowed to, allowed to read it. Okay. Yeah. All right. You want, he's, gonna, he's getting, he's getting uh, agitated. Let him. Let, I'm right after. I'm right after. Let me go on the midnight flight. Jordan Benden. Yeah. We still don't know what's going to happen. We've done two words in the past. We, we know that you're not as a, as a failed hero. So he's not, let's say, a prototypical example where we're supposed to learn. We learn from what he didn't learn. Right. So whenever he is personally benefited, he. He's content and he wants to stay alive. Anytime there's some sort of mercy or like, uh, you know, something that doesn't seem logical to him happening that betters people who are not deserving of it, it bothers him. So his initial view of, me, of the people being bad, it got him to be, you know, depressed. But when he's saved, he's, you know, he can... Um, but he saved because at Hashem Zakharti, you know, I, uh, that's why he saved. He saved because he has a relationship with, uh, with Hashem, a he's, real relationship. He's, he's, he's bothered by perversions of justice as it applies to other people. But if it benefits him, he's, he's fine. That's what Rabbi Foreman was saying. But, but it yeah. because when, um, when, he's, when he's saved unjustifiably, he doesn't do any competition on the part of being saved. Who says it's unjustifiable? God wanted him to go on a mission. God caused things to happen in a way that he did. Because he couldn't get through to him through Nivuah, he's showing him through this situation that I'm, I'm 
forcing you, basically. I'm, I'm rebirthing you for this mission. You have to go. He gets some sort of like freaky kayon, and he's, he's just fine with that. And his, his views are... Well, of fine. course he's fine with getting something for free. He's Jewish, obviously. We know that. But you're jumping. We're not up to Kikayon, but, but I just want to... That, that's the important thing. Yeah. Wait, there's a Kikayon in the book? I don't even know what you guys talking about. Yeah. You want to say something? Then, then maybe people let Adam speak. Is there a possibility of a little bit more of a cynical reading in that just, and the only switch was that Yonad maybe thought originally that he would be more successful in avoiding his mission. And once he saw, once he saw that even in the middle of the ocean on this boat, he can't get away from it. He can't get away from it. At this point, he kind of gives up and says, "All right, I guess I have to go." Well, I think that is true. I, I think I think I don't think that's such a crazy reading. I think that's a possible. Reading. Even if he's not so motivated by the idea that he'll be successful, he just doesn't see any other solution. Uh-huh. Yeah, it seems no, a little bit weird. He's grateful. He's grateful for the sake. That's one thing. He's grateful that he was saved from death. And he, but he's, he's going to New there because at the end of the day, he can't. It's not that he had a ideological shift in terms of his hope for New but his, he sees his ability to avoid this mission is impossible. It's a hope. So I have to go. The only reason why yeah, I, 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 I 100% I see that I see that cynical reading as a, as a legitimate reading. The only reason, and, and that's sort of what I had suggested before, that he was saying that he realizes God isn't going to let him get, get out of the mission. The only reason I don't like the reading is because from his tefillah, it sounds like he has a more positive attitude yeah. at this point, and maybe he has, he's a little more optimistic. I, I'm I'm not saying definitely one way or the other. I think it's uh, my only issue is that with with the Rabbi Foreman reading is that it makes Yonah into a kind of a petty guy who, yeah, when it's good for me, I'm happy with it, and when it's for somebody else and they don't deserve it, I'm resentful of it, and I think it's you know, I mean, it seems unbecoming of a navi that's called Eved uh, Eved Hashem that he would be like that. I don't know. But let's, let's, let's actually read what it says. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no, is that the same as what he said the first time? Yeah, why is there a different uh, command? Yeah, what, what was the command the first time? Kum lech el She says, is there a different time for Kedulim? This isn't Kedulim. This is Nabi. Yeah. 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 Right. He's like, look, it was the, the first assignment was too difficult for you because it required you to uh, determine how you were going to convey the message. I'm going to tell you exactly what to say. Right? It sounds like he's, he's, he's giving him a more specific message because if you're asking me, who is skeptical of the, you know, of the value of this mission, to do it, then uh, and I'm, I'm not going to be able to formulate it. Yeah. Right, so notice, even in the same Pasuk, Vayakom Yonah Vayelech El Nenveh Kedvar Adonai, 
וננווה הייתה עיר גדולה לאלוהים. Even in the same פסוק, מהלך של ראשת ימים. Okay? Now whenever it says that, now whenever, whenever it's referring to God from the, with regard to the people of Nineveh, it's only going to use the word Elohim. So in that Pasuk, as opposed to when the, as opposed to the uh, people on the boat who adopted the name Yudke Vavke and continued using it, even on their own using the word Yudke Vavke, that name, here we're going to see that the people of Nineveh exclusively are... Uh, Everything that happens in Ninveh from here on in is with Elohim. Can we go on order? Me, Jordan, and Dylan, Ethan, Leah, so just do it. Oh, okay. Do Jordan and. Hey, Chodai, it was your idea not to order separately. It's okay, it's okay, we're doing it. Whatever, we're just going on. Don't stress. Yeah, let's. let's, 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 So the. um, so anyway, so, the, so this shift is, you can see that the, that, that transition from Hashem to Elohim is being made in the same pasuk. So it's almost a, it's almost a, uh, a jarring uh, pasuk because it makes that transition in, this, in the same pasuk, moves from one name of Hashem to the other. But it's making it clear that there's a change. What's the translation, strict translation of the phrase, Yeah. Right, so really, uh, a lot of times it will say the word, um, it'll say that word to mean very, very big, right? Okay. But here... Other use Lelohim for very, 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 very big. It seems redundant. Yeah. Like the, the Radak says, You know, it'll use the name of Hashem to mean super big. <laughs> it has two meanings. Right? Meaning... Right. It's a play on words in a sense. Yeah, it's a, exactly. Elohim very big, but also Elohim not Hashem, not Adonai. <laughs> that can't mean order successful. <laughs> Maybe we should pause because there's... Radak, no, I think what Adam's saying is right. It's a double meaning. I mean, sometimes you'll have the word like Kehare'el uh, or uh, something is... Uh, uh, Something, the, the name Elohim can be used just to say that the thing is very great, very noticeable, or, you know, in stature it's very important. doesn't necessarily mean to involve Hashem, but here it seems to have two meanings. It's saying it was very great, Elohim, to God, meaning in, it, it was valuable to God, it was great, which is what one of the Bifarshim here says, V'chas alea mila Therefore, God didn't want to destroy it. Right. Meaning, it was great in the eyes of Hashem, but sometimes the word Gadol Lelohim can just be like really, really big. Mm. Who's, who's okay. The was the, he didn't want to destroy it. I just see it here. I don't know who this is even. It's interesting how the size matters. But the you size know, of it? That interpretation, like who cares how big it is? Right. So that, so in that interpretation, it really means significant more than uh, quantitative. I, I assume. Even that, even that's about to say it's a very big city. God doesn't want to destroy the big city of a lot of people. Just an observation. Just a little bit. He's going up. He's rising up. I was thinking about yesterday because we had another Vayer in the ocean. That was like a final ocean. And from the then on, he, he dropped to the bottom of the floor, no? Oh, oh here, Mitsudat Sion says, But I think it definitely has the double mm-hmm. meaning here. Yeah. Okay, Vayach El Yonah, go ahead. Vayach El Yonah, Lavo Barim, Halach Yom Echad, Vayikra Vayomar, Od, Arbaim, Yom Benine, Benepah, Echad. 
Mm-hmm. So it's going to be turned over. One day, not three. Right. He only walked one day into it. Why is that? So, no, three is all the way from end to end. Right, it's from one side so to the one other. one is more or less into the middle of the city. Oh, right. meaning three is the diameter? Yeah. Oh, interesting. It this was, is the radius. Yeah. So there's no miracle happening. <laughs> no. Just, this is how long he had to yeah. walk again. Right. Uh-huh. The Ibn Ezra said, because that's how long he walked. No. Right. Malach Shloshel Yamim isn't telling you how. As I was wondering why it's telling us that, right? The size right now, of the city. And I thought that it was to tell you how long it would take Yonah to like to alert people, but really it's just to to tell you how big it is. Yeah, it's that it, it's a big city. It would take three days to walk across like it. Manhattan, you can walk in it. Yeah, it's a big city because you, it would take three days to walk across it. And he walked a full day into it, meaning it's not like he only went to the edge of the city and he's like, guys, just let your neighbors know uh, this, it's all over. You know, yeah, he walked a whole day into it, means he actually put effort into this. He didn't just like go to the edge of the city and say, guys, just pass on to the next person. That does, you know, so, he, so he made an effort, right? So, so he said in, in another 40 days, Ninveh is going to be turned over. Yeah. So it's a, I, I just realized it's a very like cold type of. Uh, yes, he does. I, I noticed that as well. It's not. It's very. He's Eliyahu not very engaged. Yeah, She's like, like but, by the way, in 40 days, it's all over. See you. Maybe that's what you, what you need. Ma, it's a mic drop statement. You know, like, that's it. He's out. Yeah. He doesn't. It's not like, please do of Nineveh, it's not Yonah. Yonah just drops the message of these are the consequences. Yeah, but also, in 40 days, you're going to... He doesn't say, therefore, you should do Teshuvah, no, therefore, that, you should cry to Hashem. Therefore Hashem. Teshuvah. He doesn't even give them... No, he just said, cry aleha. And then he says... Oh, at Takriya, but... Right, but Yonah could have... Meaning... Right, but... Yes, right, right, but... But think about it this way. Let's say God told you to go tell uh, oh, people in your community that they were going to be uh, punished with a terrible punishment in 40 days. And this is what I want you to tell them. In 40 days, a terrible punishment was coming. Wouldn't you elaborate a little bit on that and be like, and guys, we got to do something about it. It's you know, interesting he's, that he's, he's a, further support the idea right. that he wasn't excited about this He's being de Dechova. He's like, look, God, you told me to say this. I said it. Yatsati yedechova. And then it's the end of the story. I don't have to do anything more than that. I don't have to go lifnim mishurat adin for the sake of the people that I don't really think they're going to do anything with this anyway. Why am I wasting my time? I did what you asked me to do. I told them about it. Now it's in their hands. If they're such great people that it's worth saving them, so let's see what they're going to come up with. Right? It's like when Moshe Rabbeinu takes his tent and outside of the camp after Egel HaZahav, v'karad lo oil moed. He says, oil moed. V'ayah kol mevakesh Hashem. Right, you want all my? You want you want to talk to me? Up till now, I was freely accessible to you in the camp, and you uh, descended into idolatry. From now on, anyone wants to come, that's to make an effort. Come to all my. Do you want? Right, so saying, look, I'll be outside the city, and you know, he he might have said, like, here's my card. He like <laughs> like the three piece suit guy hand out the card. I'm going to be outside the city. Anybody want to talk to me? That's fine. Uh, and and he left, but he didn't try. He didn't actively engage in trying to help them do teshuvah. That's clear. So he did the minimum. He gave them the information. <clears throat> ah. Who did they believe in again? <laughs> ah, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But at least they're right away. One thing that's interesting about the city of Nineveh is it has both men, women, and children. Unlike Gaza. What's interesting is he doesn't say anything about Elohim even. He doesn't, he doesn't talk about God. That's the thing. He's not giving them a framework of Teshuvah. He's not Normally you go and you say that you give some kind of a framework of Teshuvah. This is what you need. This is God telling. He doesn't even say God says it's going to be destroyed. Just said in four, uh, they know he's a Navi, I assume, presumably. And the, he says, it, I'm giving you a message. He must have said it was a divine message. In, in 40 days, the place is going to be, he doesn't give them any framework of Teshuvah, any guidance, any instruction, nothing. He Rabbi, just tells them it's going to happen. Rabbi, could Ir Elohim mean that they actually were, it was, I never, never heard this, but just because of the, the way that it plays out, I'm wondering, could it be that, they, that Nineveh actually was familiar with Elohim before Yonah gets there? He must have. And that, no, no, but I'm saying that's the, that's the issue. Like that's what's so bla- that's what's so blasphemous about Nineveh is that they actually know about Elohim, mm-hmm. but they were they were weren't living in in accordance with that. I think it's a given that um, they must have had some. There has to be some awareness or acknowledgement of God in Nineveh for them to be receptive to the message of a Navi. He doesn't go to every idolatrous nation and go tell them, by the way, you guys are headed on a path of destruction. They're going to say, what is some other God telling us? We have our own God. Right. The fact that he's going there means that he knows that they at least are going to receive him. Do they receive him with the highest level of understanding? No, but do they receive... Right, yeah. No, you're not allowed. You're only allowed to read. (laughs) Can we continue? No. Yeah. <laughs> My question is, what does the next pasuk say? <laughs> um, if, if you're not, do you think if you're not had referenced Adonai in his speech to them, that they would have perhaps started to like believe in Adonai? Like, he didn't give them a chance even to change their ways. Right. Uh, because un- unlike they the, didn't even know who he's coming from. Right. The people on the boat actually, he talks to them about yeah. who he is, and I believe in Adonai Elohei Shamayim and all of this, and therefore it says. They feared Adonai, right? And they called out to him, right? So that's the, uh, that was the, um, the difference. Do they even know he's a prophet of Adonai? Yeah, obviously, obviously. Oh, so that's, okay. They must know he's a Navi, yes. No, no, but Adam asked a specific question. Meaning, I mean, do they know which God he's coming from, per se? Like, meaning, they, they would believe in a Navi either way. No. I, I, the assumption is that, like, look at what it says about people on the boat. Here it says, Vayaminu anshein Nineveh Belohim. So obviously he identified as the God. I am the uh, I am a, a messenger from the Creator. Wait, wait, but, that, but that's Rabbi, That's what I was asking you. Right. Meaning, they might not be identifying that in Yonah. They might. What would they be? That, that's why I was saying mm-hmm. Elohim could mean uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm asking but uh, I'm, I'm thinking there, there's a possibility that it means that they already had an understanding of Elohim no, they just weren't thing. living what? Yeah, I know, I, know. I, I, agree. I know I'm saying Elohim could mean that they did believe in Elohim right. and this scared them because of that they mo- right they believed the message because they why, because, would, why would this scare them if they didn't think he was a Navi? No, no, no. They think he's a Navi, but they don't... Meaning they're not... The, the fear comes from the fact that they already 
They Hi, know the concept of God and they're afraid when they hear the message. Correct, Meaning, correct. they believe in the message of, of Elohim. That's what it's saying. Correct. My, right? My, so, but the point is that he, does, he doesn't try to educate them to a higher yeah. concept of God. And seemingly, that was the whole... What, the way that I read the story, at least, is that that was the whole issue. In other words, he saw them as limited in their conception of God to the one who, you know, runs the world and basically... There, you know, causes consequences, bad consequences to happen to the, to people who do the wrong thing. You know, not not anything transcendent, and therefore they are doing teshuvah because they're afraid of consequences, like we were saying before. Because Elohim means the God that puts order into the world, the Creator, right? The one who's the, who organizes the, the world and makes it consistent and 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 stable and reliable and and like the one like when we talked about a couple of days ago but Stephen Covey said that you know the principles by which a person has to live their life if a person lives by the proper principles they'll succeed and these are the laws that God put into the universe that's what Stephen Covey said right? meaning this is the way God designed the universe that if you behave in certain ways that, that are against those principles you are go- just like if you jump off of a 20 story building because of the law of gravity you're going to you're not going to make it if you uh, if you act and if you conduct yourself in certain ways, you're not going to succeed. That's how God made the universe. So when you realize you're out of sync with Elohim, it means you're out of sync with the way God made the universe. You're out of sync with the principles, with the intelligent way of living that leads to success. And you're headed for uh, a, a person who, who realizes that their drug addiction is leading them into disaster and therefore uh, cleans up. Is, that's Yirat Elohim. Meaning they realize that by living the way that they're living, by, by, the, you know, by the course of nature, they're destroying themselves. And, and they need to live more with, with more wisdom in order to succeed in nature. That doesn't mean that they're transcending nature and having a purpose beyond the practical. Their, their purpose is still the practical. They just don't want to be destroyed. So does Yonah challenge this idea in any way? Does he talk about the Shemaim? Does he talk about the Aretz? Does he talk about the Yam? No. And what do we also notice, and this just actually popped into my head, what do we also notice about Ninveh? It's an ear. It's a city. Uh-huh. And what do we know about cities from Cain and everything that we saw in Hilchot Avodah Zarah and the story? Cities are generally places that close you off and reduce your concept of God to just the one who is responsible for your immediate benefit or your immediate consequences, right? Blocking out any transcendent idea. Whereas somebody who's traveling on the, in Oniot, actually it says in the, in the Mizmor of uh, Kuvzain, when it talks about the, uh, uh, the, the Mizmor of Birkat Gomel, right? The people who are Ba'oniot. Uh, right? That's one of the, the Birkat Gomel cases. People who are, in, who are in nature, just like people are like uh, agricultural people, right? People who are in nature perceive God have the potential at least to perceive God in a more unadulterated way, to realize that there is a, a greatness beyond anything in the human concern because the yam is the furthest from the human concern. It's not even a field that provides food to human beings. It's like the frontier on earth that's like the, the greatest mystery and the, the most, the fact that we can cross, the fact that we can cross over the, uh, the yam is itself like remarkable that like, it, the Tanakh talks about it in many places that the the over uh, yamim you know that they 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 passed over the you know people would travel by boat over the over the yam that's about the extent of the dominion that mankind has over the water you know but really water is a is a domain that's almost like the shemaim relative to us in terms of the amount that we can tame it to our own use 
So it's a, it reminds the person of a reality beyond human concerns, that most of the earth is covered by ocean that is not inhabitable by man, is not controllable by man. Right? So, it's a, so maybe that's also part of why sailors on a boat that really are thinking in terms of natural phenomena see that something's beyond that. But people are thinking in terms of urban phenomena that ties back to the idea of Cain versus Hevel. People are thinking in terms of urban phenomena, see God, we have a limit to the horizon where they can see God. Right? It's a very, that, that fits in really nicely with what we were, what we were saying there. Anyway, go ahead. With that, theme, yeah. sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mean to keep on harping on this uh, pasuk. <laughs> just, uh, just trying to read a little bit outside the box. Could mean like Elohim like in that very she kind of way that they're that they're people that think that they're they're on the level of like of gods so to speak that they decide how things should be. Well, I don't. The only reason I, the only thing I would say that would push against that interpretation is because it, it is that it seems like it's something either of the magnitude of the significance or or something of that God cares about them. So I don't think it would like be a critique, you know. I, I don't. I wouldn't think so. It seems like they really quickly adapt to the idea that they're out of sync with the right way, and they they try to correct it. So it doesn't seem like they're that set in their ways. It doesn't seem. Yeah, but then why would they be? They drifted, you know, they drifted. And the fact that God, look, you have to look at it from two perspectives here. The perspective of Yonah, the perspective of God, mm-hmm. right? Perspective of God is these people have drifted from living in accordance with the natural law, let's call it, of, of healthy living, wise living, practical living, and, and, which is the type of Yirat Elohim. And uh, I'm going to help them get back to what they can manage to do, to the, the best of their ability with, within their limited conception of God, I'm going to bring them to the highest level that they can make it. And Yonah says, that conception is wrong. Mm-hmm. That, that conception is like cutting off a huge, you know, a huge slice of reality. You know, the, the, the real reality, is what, they're missing it. So what good is it for me to steer them back onto the Elohim at the expense of Hashem? That's not my job to be a self-help guru and help people how to live a healthy lifestyle. I'm here to teach people about Hashem. By Yikra Hashem Hashem. Is that what you were trying to say the whole time, by the way? Yeah. His problem is that he's he's taking that. No, no, sorry. I, I just realized. What did you think I was? That his problem is that he he's not that they're correcting that that they correct their ways that they that they corrected that that whole process was corrected to Elohim, not right. to Adonai. It's corrected to a right. naturally good way of living, not a real recognition of God beyond that. Not a kedusha, not a, not a not an understanding of of Hashem in this in the framework of kedusha. Yeah. That's how I think the book makes so much more sense. But is that everyone's role to get the level of... That's a Navi's role. No, the Navi no, is saying, that's he, my... That's he my, wants them to reach this level of Yuki rather than the, the level of... His, I think, and I, look, I can't speak for Yonah, he's not here. Is I mean, it, is he is, only the role of Am Yisrael? Like, I feel, no, but I feel like no? his, his point... The, my, the, the thing is, the, that, but, but you can argue the other way too, meaning I think the, the point that Yonah <laughs> is making, my, my understanding of what Yonah is saying... And is that Yonah's point is very nice that these people can be corrected and can do better and can have a better life, but that's not my job. To heck with them. Let, let the consequences of Elohim fall on their heads and then other people will learn from their example a good uh, Musa. What, what, why is it that I should go and help these people get back on track, which is not even the really the good track? It's not, it's not even the ideal track. That's what a Navi is supposed to spend time doing, getting people to the Bidiyavad level. It's like right now, they're not even Bidiyavad. They're in the Asur level. 
So I'm going to put them in the bidiyavad level. That, that's what I'm going to do. For what? So that, they, so that they can live a life imagining that they're really living in accordance with, with an understanding of God when they're not. But, that, that, but that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. So let them have the consequences fall upon them and other people will realize that there's a higher reality that we have to, uh, that we have to reckon with. Well, he but sees why, it as under... Because that's never the role of the Navi. When is that ever the role of the Navi? The role of the well, Navi is always... Even Moshe Rabbeinu says... Hashem Elohei And what does Paro say? Mi Hashem asher Yisrael. And what does Moshe Rabbeinu say? Now you will know Ki Ani Hashem. The whole point is to educate Paro that there's a, there's a God, a transcendent God, Ki Ani Hashem, not Elohim. Because Paro could understand an idea of Elohim, but he doesn't have an acknowledgement of an idea of Yurkei Vavke. That's the whole idea of the Yitziat Mitzrayim, is the idea of Yurkei Vavke. That's always the role of the Navi. So if you, I mean, this is a, my own theory about the book. So I could be like totally off base, but it, it, to me, it seems much more compelling than the theory of Rabbi Foreman that the problem with Yonah is that he's petty and that he feels that, and that, the, that he feels that, you know, because the, you know, the, why should these people in Nineveh get a free pass when they were bad all this time? And it's not midat din for them. To, but he could ask that about any teshuvah that when a person is bad and then they get, a, then, then they get forgiven. I mean, it, it doesn't, it, it seems sort of like small-minded to think that way. But I could understand why a Navi would say, this isn't my mission. This isn't going to further my mission. My mission is kiddush shem Hashem. If I'm out there helping people just get back to a limited understanding of God, it would be like, imagine lehavdil. It's not the same thing at all. But imagine a, a person said, I want to go help lapsed Christians return to the church, return to their Christian faith. Why would you want to do that? Well, because, you know, at least they're not totally secular and materialist, materialistic. They have some values, family values. It's better. I'm going to do that. Is that what you would think a, a rabbi should do? Uh, a, a teacher of Torah should be busy doing that? They might say, okay, yeah, it's better for them to be in some kind of framework where they have values and they have an awareness of a higher, some kind of a higher reality that they're responsible to, but that's not the really true reality. So I'm not going to like bring them to that, you know? So that's, that's not, not that's Jewish, not. Maybe even if they had been Jewish, I'm not sure if he would have said, I'm going to go to a group of Jews just to bring them back to the concept of Elohim, which is not really the authentic, doesn't mean transcendent recognition of God. It means just recognizing that I need to behave properly so that God won't punish me. You know, that's, the, that, that's a very basic lesson. So, so, so to me, the, and I'm somewhat preempting the end of the book, the, the, the reading of the book that I was suggesting that, um, that is that the chidush of the book of Yonah is that it is a value in the eyes of God for people even to live according to Elohim. Because... He created them. And therefore, even though that's not the ideal way for them to live, he doesn't want them to be destroyed. And, and, that, and, that, and that's that because, and that's, and I don't want to preempt the end of the book totally, but that's what I think that the lesson, the chidush, in other words, there has to be some chidush. It's not just like, the book of Yonah is to show you that Yonah was petty and God gave him a patch in the end and said that you didn't get, you, you don't get the whole point and why don't you care about these people? You know, that's, that's not the, that's not a real lesson. That's just like saying that Yonah had a, had a defect of character or something like that, which wouldn't have a book of Navi about that. The book, I feel like the book of Yonah is to teach us that even an imperfect teshuvah, God doesn't want his creatures to be destroyed. He created them. They're, they're the product of a long process of, 
uh, you know, of the development of mankind to get to this point and and even if even a, a, a large group of people that they're not living according to the highest way, they're still, they exist. They're create, creations of God better that they exist in the best way that they can under the circumstances than they not exist. And that's why I was saying that on Yom Kippur, that's why we read Yonah, because a person will say, if I'm not going to achieve the highest teshuvah, right? Of Yud Kevavke, a total transformative teshuvah of, 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 of what, what is the ideal, then, then I'm going to be destroyed. The answer is no. Hashem says, as a creature of God, I want you to exist, right? Ki lo right? He doesn't want the person, he doesn't want his creation to be destroyed. He wants his creation to continue to flourish. And maybe in 20 generations from now, uh, somebody worthwhile will come out. Maybe out of Eglon will come Ruth. Maybe out of, you know, the Bnei Haman will come uh, uh, people in Bnei Brak now. They're descendants of Haman, the Gemara says, right? <laughs> some, some of them, not all of them. Right? But, but the idea is that you don't, the, uh, an imperfect Teshuvah, God wants to preserve his creation. And I think that exactly, and 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 that explains why the last pasuk it says There are a lot of people in Nineveh, and also a lot of animals, right? Meaning, just like I would have mercy for the animal, they they don't know uh, they don't have yediat Hashem, and yet they're the creations of God. So I want them to continue to exist. So these people, I want them to continue to exist, even if they are not living at the highest level a human can live, right? How do you fit that with a kikayon? No, we're going to get that. Okay. We, 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 we don't even know what a kikayon is. When I hear kikayon, I think of the shampoo I have that it says it's shem and kik. That's the same. That's what it says in the shem and kik. The farshim in the Mishnah says it's the kikayon of what a tzaddik, Melech tzaddik. And he also has Vayakom, if you like the word Vayakom, right? He gets up off the Kisei, meaning he's leaving his Kavod. He took off his like mantle, his, uh, he took off his fancy clothes. Adarto is like the, the Aderet Eliyahu, you know, his cloak. He took off his fancy clothes. And he, he, he's, he, sat the, he sat on the ground, he's humbling himself. This is not like Paro, who's like, well, I'm not going to listen to you. He says, Poor animals, you know, like, they have to fast. <laughs> So everyone but, so everyone's but what's interesting about that is Even in the king's conception Of who has to do Teshuvah He doesn't actually make a distinction Between the humans and the animals Right? Meaning Following along the line of Elohim The creator The creations The creatures So it's like we're all in the same category It's not about a unique relationship Between man and God That it's a transcendent relationship Because he's saying Even the animals have to fast Right? Which of course from our perspective We look at that and we say like That's silly but from the perspective of someone who's relating to God as the creator of nature and we're part of nature, the animals and the, and, and the, and the we're more sophisticated animals, but we're also animals. So if you're thinking in the terms of, the, uh, of nature, that would make sense almost. <clears throat> because, <laughs> even the animal has to wear sack. <laughs> 
I'm not sure if the animals are going to be cool. Oh, but it does say, Rashi brings a Midrash that says that they would separate the mothers from the children of the animals so they would actually like br- make the sound of the whining sound. Rashi it's not what it's four words. What is it? It says, Asru imahot levad, he put the mothers separate, Vavladot levad. And the babies. So, so then, when, if you're not meaning that we're going to torture these animals, I mean, if you're not going to care about us, we're, we're not going to care about these animals, right? We're going to torture these animals. I mean, we're all suffering. It's, we're all in this together. So he said, so everyone returned from their darkoa. Asher b'chapehim, from the, from the uh, un- injustice, from the violence and injustice that was in their hands. In other words, this is all in terms of Elohim, justice, injustice and justice. The, 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 that's, that's what they're being judged for, okay? Okay, so what does that mean? Reading whoever knows that they have done something wrong. The king. The king is serving as a better Navi than the Navi. Because the Navi just dropped the, 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 the message that uh, you're all going to be destroyed. And the king is saying what the solution is. He immediately takes upon himself to do teshuvah. He has everybody crying out to God and fasting. And mi yeshuv, whoever knows. God will be, meaning whoever knows that they've done something wrong, fix it. If you know you owe somebody money, you stole something, you did something wrong, fix it. And God is going to repent of, of his, meaning he's going to forgive us. And we won't be destroyed. So what does it mean? It means that the king is, is doing what normally a Navi would do. Right? He's taking the lead from Yonah about what the consequence is going to be. And he's translating it into practical terms, what we need to do to avoid that consequence. And the, uh, and so, and, but notice, every time they're talking about God, it's still the name Elohim. Yeah. Right? Very similar phraseology from uh, from the Torah when it says with Moshe Rabbeinu's Tefillah. So that I, I never noticed that before, but that really jumps out because that's showing you that the, the forgiveness he gave them is like the forgiveness of uh, that the Jewish people from Egel Azav, even though that was the Am Yisrael and that was, you know, out of a genuine returning to God. And yet it's a, uh, with a genuine relationship with God and it uses the same language. Vayinachem Elohim, Not Vayinachem Hashem. Vayinachem Elohim. So you see the king is serving in the function of not the person who is the supernatural representative of the Navi, but the king who is the natural leader. And he's putting the animals and the people in the same category. The animals and the people have to wear the sackcloth and have to fast and, and cry out to God, whatever that means, right, for the animals. And, uh, and, that, and that Hashem is going to, and everyone has to repent. You know, like if Fido bit somebody, he has to say, he has to say sorry. You know, I don't know how the animals repent. But that the point is that 
the king is putting animals and people on the same playing field because in the framework, framework of being creatures of God and talking about Elohim, all living things, they, they are, are, we're all in the same boat. People are a little bit more sophisticated animals, you know, when, when you look at it from a naturalistic perspective. So that actually makes sense from the realm, in the, you know, in the framework of Ninveh. If you're looking at things in a naturalistic framework, then animals and people, you could see why they would be in the same category, right? As opposed to once you bring in Hashem, which is the abstract recognition of God, the idea that we can transcend the physical and serve God, that's obviously making human beings unique. But when you're working within the, pre- within the framework of, uh, you know, monkeys can solve problems. You go to like the science museum, they show you how they give the monkeys like a problem to solve and they figure it out and all that. Right. And, and, and eventually they perfect, the, uh, they perfect the solution of the problem to the point that they can do it again and again. Yeah. Actually better than some people because people are very stubborn. They don't want to change their ways. The monkey is like, I'm just going to get to the, I want to I get to the I solution. Want I want to the food. Yeah. Could you guys discuss it already? How does Elohim, in I guess contrast to uh, um, Kel That's a, I don't want to. We did actually talk yeah, about yeah. that, but I, but I, I don't want to go to that because it's going to bring us all the way back to the other side. It sounds, it sounds, it sounds You're right. Very similar. It is. Right, I, think I, I think that those terms are similar. Yeah, I think they are. Yeah, you're right. They both have to do with Hashem and nature. They both do. Yeah, hundred percent. Adam is not going to tolerate any more questions. We can do Q and A after we finish. Almost done. Um, are we, are we going to but I, Jordan is, is, is itching to him. Thank you. Right, so <laughs> 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 Adam wants to move on. Jordan says, I'm just thinking, I haven't formulated a question. He's like, okay, let's go on. What, are you giving him permission to continue or not? I thought he meant Does, to do until I fall. Are you saying, question. yeah, is that what you're saying <laughs> or not? No. <laughs> uh, I fully thought that, I, I actually thought that he was saying, cool. I think at this point, we will take Adam over Daniel. Go ahead, Michal. <laughs> He's a much more of an enforcer. Yeah, Daniel was, waited a little longer for this. He gave us, gave us a little bit too much leeway compared Daniel to that. He kicked me under the table. Like, say oh, he did? All the time. He always sat next to me and kept kicking me. Why you like Daniel? <laughs> so you're not upset about this uh, term that they did teshuva. He's upset. So now they avoided consequences, but they didn't even learn it. Right. It's like no when you, it's like if your kid gets in trouble in school and then they give him a break and they don't give him a consequence, you're like, but now you didn't learn from uh, from it's what like, you did. You know what? No, it's, not that. it's like giving him, it's like giving him a treat. Right, right. You, 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 didn't, you didn't make him suffer any consequences. Right, he didn't have you any didn't consequence. Any. And now, it's like everything's okay. Yeah, now he thinks he's doing the bad it's, actions. It's like, it's like, it's good. You turn, well, you turn, they turn right. off the bad actions, but like, that's it, and that's enough. Uh, they don't have to, there's no further the, concern. Uh, when the IDF goes into Gaza and then just pulls out and doesn't accomplish their goal, it's like, exactly. very annoying. Yeah. We just did a partial job and then we're done. Exactly. It's like, that, no ceasefire. I get, I get what it means, but he's like, very annoying. Yeah. There you go. Rabbi, no, but it's true. Or if the if if the or if the or if if it ends up if it if it were to end up that now we're giving them a state and Hamas will be part of it. It's like then what what was the consequence for what they did? You know that's the what people. Okay, he would be happy. He can go live in their state. They would kill him. You're basing all of this on the name of Hashem. 
It seems very, very clear that that's yeah. constant Elohim, yeah. Elohim, Elohim, versus a, a show. It's a very obvious contrast. And the yeah. fact that they're putting the Adam Vahabehemat together, you know, it seems like it, it all suggests. You have to hear it this way. Yeah. Because or else the whole first paragraph of the sailors makes no sense. Wait, so, so the other option here yeah. is that... Yeah, I read it like this whole interpretation. It's like, it gives you a whole the different... The sailor thing shows him that Goyim could actually approach Adonai, and then he's like, okay, well, yeah. this is the standard. Right. But then the question... Hold on. So the two options are either very angry that they didn't go all the way, or you're thinking that they got something... They got off. They didn't have to... They didn't have to... So what, what's the other option? Like, we're saying he's... What's our conclusion? He's angry that it didn't get to other Meaning, they're getting the... They're avoiding consequence, right? But what's the other explanation that we're not... Of this? I'm not sure. Did somebody say another explanation at this point? I mean, he's up. Like, right, Foreman, is right, Foreman's look on this different? Like, why he's angry? He's saying that the problem is there are other mafarshim that have different things. Like Rashi said, he was concerned they're going to say I'm a navi shekir. The Radak says you know, there are other interpretations of it, but this interpretation is. Um, I think everybody says that the reason why he's upset at this point. Or most of them, Farshim say he's upset at this point because basically, the, uh, the at this point uh, he went to the, these people who really didn't do a genuine tr- change in their values, didn't really do a genuine change in their perspective, just recalibrated themselves, you know, with uh, and, and now they're just going to be uh, let to go on as if everything's great now. So, right, so you right? wanted a, a real solution. He wanted some kind of a real. They're still not good. So why, why are we just, you know, I came all the way here just to, to, to help them avoid a consequence and now they're just going to continue on like everything's fine? But it, everything's not fine because they didn't reach a real understanding of God. They just got rid of certain impediments to their natural living, like in the natural world, but they didn't really achieve real goodness. So what was the point of a Navi getting involved here? It's like almost I'm endorsing this as a legitimate goal for human development. Like I, I came here, they, all they did was uh, not, something that equalizes Adam v'habema, basically, the same, same, level. same level. And up, Baruch, I accomplished the, that's a prophetic mission, is it, what, what is it? And that's why he wants to die after this? He feels like that undermines, you know, well, we're not up like to that yet. It's almost a, a, like um, Yonah is learning to not be like Eliyahu and Abid. I told him to get food, I said we ordered. Mm-hmm. Like Eliyahu and Abi is so like demands so much from the people, mm-hmm. and then and then Yonah wants to, and Borelon is like it could be a little bit relaxed, well, a little bit easier on the people. Well, he also says that, but this is not even the Jews because Eliyahu is still. Yeah. yeah, I guess Eliyahu is more the Jews. Did you get food? You know, our order goes through. Let's pause. Go ahead, go ahead. Not a big question. It's not like they're, uh, they're achieving these amazing successes. They're just not being destroyed. Right. Not warrant destruction, even if we're diminishing what their teshuvah was. Mm-hmm. The fact that it doesn't warrant them being destroyed, that's not so earth-shattering. Why, why should it distress them? They've done something. They've made some improvement. Mm-hmm. They're below the threshold of, of being wiped out. Okay. Well, let's go on a little bit further and see exactly yeah. what the text says what was bothering him yeah. first before we tar- start to theorize too much. 
So what 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 is he saying? Exactly I knew you were gonna do this. I knew you were gonna do this. You were gonna, you know. You see what I'm saying about Eliyahu? It's like I feel I see some similarities. Between yeah, there is, there is, and that's why they said that. It, it, some people say Amitai was right. Oh, they do say that. Yeah, that yeah, Amitai yeah, was Eliyahu. Oh, right. The word Gidola keeps coming up. Why, why, why is the word Gidola everywhere? What's, the, what, what's that Mila adding? So which translate the Pasuk? Every four or five Pasukim, there's one word Gidola, Gidola, something. That's true. I didn't think about that, yeah. It's true. Something to think about. I, I, didn't, I didn't see... In the case of the description it. of Ninveh's size, is just yeah, to, that's tell you, to tell you how big it is. Yeah, to tell you how significant it is that, but that well, I mean, I mean you know, uh, let, let's hold on to that because I think there might be a good, there might be a good uh, uh, point to be uh, learned from that. So let's keep that in the back of our minds. But just in terms of what does he what does he say here? Yeah, I knew it. I, this is exactly the reason why when I was on no. my when I was still you know heyoti al admati that's why I ran away because I knew you're that this is going to happen that I wanted them to be destroyed he's saying <laughs> meaning he, he wanted them to face the consequences of their behavior why, why should I save them from the consequences of their behavior when they're not really going to get to any higher thing anyway so what they're, they're just taking up space and oxygen you know I mean it's a very cynical way of looking at things and I could see why you would relate that to Eliyahu, who was an absolutist. Eliyahu was a yes. black and white. It has to be 100% or zero. There's no compromise because if God is absolute, then you have to be absolute in your devotion to God. There's no gray area. Right, that's it, the thing. Except God tried right. to tell him not. Right. He what did listen. he think was going to Even happen? God doesn't understand. <laughs> what did Yonah think was going to happen? Meaning, in the end of bed, I think we... Um, you know, kind of resolves to go regardless. Right. And now he's saying, this is exactly why I, I ran away in the ah, beginning. So that, ah, so that shows what? That is a, I think that's a, uh, 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 supports what I was saying before. Maybe, maybe. Explain. That when he came out of the thing with the boat, maybe he thought it won't be that they're just going to stop doing their bad actions and God yeah. is going to forgive them. Maybe something more will come out of it and therefore I'm going to give it a try. So I'm going to go and see if by giving them this insight they actually have a genuine change and seek real knowledge of God. But then when he saw that they didn't do that, they just corrected the injustices that they had been doing and removed the, the had to, to accord with Elohim and not Hashem. He said, I knew this was going to happen, that they didn't really accomplish anything of any substance, any meaning. So they're just going to go on being a nation that actually is going to cause a lot of harm to others and not be a good actor in the future and all that. All because, all because I saved him. Is his goal them... Being it like, sounds like he didn't want God want, to forgive like, them. Full actual like, He's saying if they did a full actual teshuvah, then they would be a totally different nation. Well, it would be Am Kadosh, so fine. So what does he Meaning he wants either an Am Kadosh. He wants either or. Or what are you doing here? What, what, what's the point of, of, of preserving this? Why, why, why should he preserve this? Well, he... Right. No, you're right. But he, he might have thought... He, we don't really know. 
But he walked a day's journey into the city. So maybe he's, from what he saw, he didn't see an ability to do that. Meaning when he spoke to the people on the boat, and like we said before, people on boats who are traveling on the sea, they have a more open mind. They're more in touch with the big picture. They're more, they're, they're more humble in their sense of the position of humanity relative to the creation. They have a different view as opposed to urban people who tend to have a, an insular view, a human-centric view. And so maybe he walked through the city and he saw that this well, is not, there's, there's nowhere to go with it. They're, they're vulnerable? When you live in a big, big city, you don't feel vulnerable? No, when you're, because we talked about Cain and Hevel. Like the, per, right. the whole purpose of the city right. is basically to block out God. This, we're we're is, everything is, at there. Is there something intrinsic about the city that does that? Is it that I feel secure? It's not that the city does that. It's that people build cities to create an artificial environment where they feel, where they are as... Where they minimize their if focus and dependence on God, like a shepherd or, a, or an ocean, they're yeah. more they're more receptive oh, to. But also they're more vulnerable. Like you, you but see that's, the they go together, right? But, kill you. Exactly. Yeah, no, I think that's connected. Meaning, what is a sukkah? A sukkah makes you vulnerable to, right. uh, mm-hmm. you know. So the the uh, it's going out of your house so that you see the bigger picture. You see what you're really the well, part of the, the city. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. In the, you leave your home. You leave the artificial environment that seals you off from nature. You're in, you're in nature. You're in, yeah, all those things. Yeah. You recognize that it's, it's only a fantasy to cut yourself off. Now, but, but if you're in New York City, you look up, all you see are buildings. But that's what we were saying about Cain and Hevel. And we talked about Abu Dazra, that Cain was a city dweller. He was, you know, so, so, that, so if you look at it that way, so may, it could be, and again, we're just speculating, and this is all a speculative approach that I'm suggesting that, like, I thought about during the mostly theme of Yom Kippur, of, uh, the, the last, you know, while I was, but I had nothing else to do. Um, because because they're the Mosifim took so long that I said, you know, what am I going to do? I let's look at Sefer Yonah. They're going to encourage and, Moshe to do more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are these all the Kedushim told him? This is what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Not all. They thought about it more, but and our discussions always bring more points out. It fits so nicely. How? Why would we say on Kippur now? Yeah. yeah. I, I this this discussion brought a lot more substance to it, but I had like this approach ever since I looked at it in Kippur. So the so the the. If this is the case, so then maybe from he got a feel of the people. He was there walking around for a full day. He said, there's no, there's no language, common languages. It's not going to happen. And I'm going to get out of here. And, and so therefore, all he did was continue a bidiyavad situation. So he didn't create people who are yod e Hashem. He didn't bring them to a real understanding of Hashem. And so he's just going to now, he, they avoided consequence. So they're going to continue being... Just people who live more or less on the level, of, slightly above the level of animals. They're not going to really get anywhere, anywhere higher than that. So what did I do? Right. So that's what. So he he didn't want them to to repent. He wanted them to face the consequences of their actions if they're not going to be the kind of people who are really going to be deserving of God's uh, divine providence. Okay. All right. Exactly what a drastic what thing. What? It's exactly what Eliyahu says. Yeah, he does. Like yeah. literally the same words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meaning I fa- I'm, fi- I'm a failed Navi. So, but why does Eliyahu say that? Eliyahu says that because I'm a, I'm a failure. Yeah. I, I, I didn't. I didn't have What did I do? Uh, I, I, got, I, I did a spectacle to, to impress the people to say Hashem O'Elokim and then they just fell right back into their Abu Dazoran. It was nothing. It's interesting how his, his first filah was after he just saved, got saved from death. 
Saying I want to die. Yeah, yeah. Like but but that sort that could support what I was saying before, as my suggestion before, that maybe when he came out of that experience with the boat people, he had more optimism right. about what might come out of it. And then it got dashed, right? Then he went there and he's like, "What did I do? I, I didn't accomplish anything. I, I, I what did I what did I do? I, I'm a, I'm a veterinarian. I helped people who are living like animals to uh, be more healthy. You know, I I, I, I didn't I know I'm I'm being a little bit extreme, but I'm just saying like." He feels like he didn't, the same thing as Eliyahu Hanavi. What did I do? Oh, so I brought everybody to Hara Carmel. We had this big event and then what happened? Everybody slipped right back into their, uh, that's why at one moment they were so excited and the next minute uh, it just sank, sank back into nothing. So what, did, what can I, I can't do anything. It's an impossible mission. You're asking me to do an impossible mission. I'll never, if this is what I'm busy doing, I'm never going to bring people to real Yediyat Hashem. If I'm just perpetuating a level of human existence that is, Blocking God out, blocking transcendence out. So then, how am I going to be? If you think of it that way, he feels like he feel, If you think of it that way, he's thinking of the more nations there are in the world that avoid the consequences of their bad actions and can continue in a in a, in a subpar kind of human existence, the less impetus there is for people to reach a transcendent level of existence. Meaning it just, incur- it's mechazek yedei ovrei avera, basically. It's, it, it's, it's saying that, you know, you, you don't have to reach a transcendent level of existence. If you start to falter, God will come and save you and you can continue in your subpar, semi-animalistic way of living without having to have a transcendent purpose. So then what am I doing? Incentives don't Right, it doesn't work. So it, it, like the way that we wish, like, why does God let these evil nations in the world today just continue to uh, generation after generation We'd like to see them collapse so that maybe there'll be more of an opportunity for people to realize, you know, this is not the way to go and seek something better. Okay, so, so go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so he's like, so he's saying he doesn't want to exist because he can't, he, he's a failure. Um, Mm-hmm. Where Moshe, when Hashem said, when Hashem tells Moshe that I want to wipe this nation, Moshe says, oh, okay, fine, like, wipe. Oh, he does. Hashem now wipe out. He wants to, if you're not going to wipe, that's a very good point. Whoa. That's very good. I like it. You have to listen to everything Chaim says because every word he says is uh, <laughs> worth. To live for yeah. life. Yeah. He said that, uh, can I say it, say it? No, he's saying that, that this statement of Yonah is literally the opposite of Moshe Rabbeinu, because Moshe Rabbeinu yes. said, if you're going to destroy the people, yes. then, uh, then, uh, then you have to destroy me. And Yonah is, say, Yonah is saying, if you're going to save the people, then I want to die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, exa- it's very good. It's very good. I like that. There's definitely Moshe, contrast Moshe. between Eliyahu and Moshe also. They both went to Mahar Chorea, they both were there. For yeah, but he doesn't, yeah, have the, he doesn't have the midat arachamim of Moshe Moshe Rabbeinu, for all of his being the loftiest, greatest Navi of all time, is a, loves the people. Yeah, that's right. the point. That's the point. That's the point. Showing you that Eliyahu could have been Moshe Rabbeinu. You should be right. like Moshe. Right. And you then, have to come down to the level of the people right. in order to do that. Wow, and, this is crazy. Yeah. And Yonah is saying, look, what is my, my, my life is over. If this is what I'm going to be doing, then I'm actually just contributing to the further fall into, you know, the further, uh, uh, to the further, um, uh, I guess, decline of humanity. Because I'm just, I'm just perpetuating these corrupt societies that, uh, that don't have the right values. So what am I doing? That was, that was, 
That was the start of Moshe's career also. Huh? Like, that was the start of Moshe's career, like, with the sheep going off. Mm-hmm. Like, like, how, like, that was the, that was the quality that, that, like, well, because a real teacher, a real teacher says, okay, if if you now were like Moshe Rabbeinu, he would say, okay, I got the people to this point. Now I have a relationship with them. Maybe I can uh, teach them more. Maybe I can. Be, it's a slow process. That was what Eliyahu couldn't tolerate. He couldn't tolerate the idea that, of, of wait that that it, it, people gradually. Reach the truth. They don't. They don't move from zero to hundred in their recognition of the truth. It's a process that is very gradual and slow. And you have to take the small step as valuable, also, or even just the orientation in the right direction as valuable, even if there's a lot of setbacks. But that takes a great, you know, a different perspective. If you're looking for results, like immediate results, you're going to be very disappointed. Okay, go ahead. Right, so what does that mean, Hayteb Kharalach, really? That's really bothering Right, is that what it means? Does it mean, are you really that upset about this? Right? Or does it mean, are you, does it mean, you're really upset about this? No, what? No, meaning, like, Hayteb meaning, like, very. No, could it, no, because it's a hair shayla. Yeah, right, I, right, I thought it meant. Right, 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 right. Does it mean, are you are you satisfied by the by by being angered by this? I mean, is that a, is that enough for you, or do you actually want to die? And know, then look, like, Ibn Ezra has a nice comment here. He says, he says, lama kol kach. Why why are you so upset? Right. Right. Is it right for you to be upset? V'yefet amar yefet is like a karai. Yefet said, hayichalecha she'etiv ani lemishe are you upset that I should do good to whomever I want? Meaning, are you resentful of that I can do what I want? Vizeh heaven. Ibn Ezra. I just, I just like his wisecracks. Ibn Ezra comments and, and quotes the Karayi and then he's called. He says, Vizeh heaven. Vizeh heaven. I knew it was coming. The second he said, Yeah, Vizeh heaven, like, there's no way he's going to accept yeah. <laughs> Once in a while he quotes them and he said, and he. he Gives a little bit more uh, weight, but you know, <laughs> the heaven. <laughs> he doesn't say why he thinks it's heaven. He's just like this is heaven. Okay, I, uh, tell me how you really feel, Evan. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Let, let's go on. Go ahead. <laughs> no. Oh, so that's very interesting. The ear, also, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he makes a suka. Yeah. Oh. That's yeah, just, right. Oh, very No. So that's the exact contrast between what we were saying before. The yeah. ear is the place that's really organized around human concerns, where humanity exists. And where Elohim is only, uh, you know, insofar as it, the law and order of God plays a role in the success or failure of the, of the, of the people. Whereas the sukkah is a place that's temporary, reminds us that the physical is temporary, reminds us to think of the transcendent, ultimate, absolute realities, not the fleeting human, not trying to make the fleeting human realities seem more real than they are, mm-hmm. right? But, but putting us in touch with what is truly real. Wow. So that contrast of him leaving, it's like just, bit, we in passing mentioned the sukkah before, right. but like that's exactly the... Is he going where he feels more comfortable, where there's an opportunity for... Well, he's waiting to see what's going to happen. 
Because, which, he, which again seems like it's saying maybe he's hoping that there will be a change to one direction or the other. He doesn't like this middle ground. Right? Well, Either, why the Sukkah? Like, why the Sukkah? What's the significance of that? Well, it seems Sukkah is like the ultimate contrast to Ir, because Ir is a place that is, that is, gives, Ir is a place that tries to give an illusory permanence to things that are actually temporary and human can make human concerns the absolute. And the Sukkah reminds you that the human concerns and the material things are fleeting and the absolute is something transcendent. So he, that shows you the exact contrast of the two perspectives of why Yonah and the people in the city have no common language. Right? Whereas the people on the boat, the people on the boat seemingly were much more in touch. The people on the boat would have been much more in touch with the idea that things are fleeting and, uh, you know, and, and they see the awesomeness of the sea and they know they're putting their lives at risk. They go on the sea all the time. It's, it's a different mentality. So practically, I mean, he's waiting right. temporarily. To see yeah, he's waiting to see what's going to happen. Oh, I was just about to ask. Well, I don't know. Is it east or is it in front, front of you? It's not just the east. east. Right. Yeah, there are some people who try to connect this story of 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 Yonah to Cain because they say Ki Kayon is like Cain and the fact that he went Mikedem and Cain went Mikedem. Yeah, in the city, so they all. They, they do try to connect it. Yeah, why is to the Kedem? I'm not sure. I, it could be that there is some connection back to that story, which sort of makes sense with the way that we've been connecting the two stories all along, right? The word Kedem in general. It means usually East, but I think that that language definitely brings up like a remez to the, uh, to the story of Gan Eden, which again is when you think in the context of that story and what happened with that story and human beings versus the divine and all that, it does sort of overlap with some of the themes of the story. So let's see, let's see where it goes. This is also very similar to the other He's going to do very similar things to the other It's almost like the story of that we told. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they do connect the uh, Yonah to to the like Gan Eden with the Kiruvim on the east? Is that what you're saying? Well, like uh, the fact that Cain went... Uh, to Kedem. Because Kikayon and Kain, you know, they, they try to, they, they bring a similar... I was doing a search for Kedman. Yeah? Was it yeah. Migdal Bava was also built by people who moved further east? Uh, east, yeah, that's true. I don't know so what the emphasis is. So perhaps you have to come back west. Yeah. Come to the... Uh, come to Israel. <laughs> okay, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Hashem. Kedem is not like civilization. Well, sometimes Kedem is a re- reference to time, like early times, like uh, Eloi Kedem or something like that. It doesn't mean the God of the East. It means the original God, like Kodem, like the word Kodem in Hebrew, in Kedem. First time he ever was happy. There's the Gedolai here. He already had a Sukkah. Why does this make him so happy? Yeah, that's true. You know, the Sukkah had holes in it and stuff. And the Maybe it filled, it was exactly lined up with the slats and the Sukkah. Is the yeah. It's just interesting that uh, he, 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 yeah, right. He, this is the first time we've he seen Yonah happy. He operates, yeah, operates in extremes. Right. 
He went from Simchag Ra'agdola, meaning very upset, and now he's very happy. Now, why would Yonah be very happy? Because of a kikayon, when he doesn't even need it. And again, this is God using a natural, something from nature, just like use the dag or the storm. Right, now he's, now he's bringing a, uh, he's summoning a, uh, a kikayon. Right, the same Vayman is that he's, he's appointing. It's like from the word to, to he's, he's utilizing the, the, the natural means for the Ashkacha Pratit of Yonah. Is the book to teach us a lesson to well, let's first learn, figure or? out what he's supposed to learn, and then we'll know. I mean, I think it's for everyone, but you know, but we learn through what Yonah learns uh, a lesson that we can learn. So, it's it, like a tree, right? It's a type of a tree. Why, why not? It's, it's, uh, it's a um, what's it called? Why not just say it's, it's, it's a weed that grows fast, like a fa- fast-growing tree. So what, what is it? Why not just say it's? I don't know. It tells us what kind of a tree. Right, because that's what it was. Even Ezra says, "Why does it take you?" <laughs> um, is it heaven? Um, but in the in the in the vayiman, uh, in all these cases, so so why is in the two times that Yonah gets happy is when Hashem sends a, a dag and his vayiman dag, and when he's vayiman uh, kikayon, because in those cases Hashem is marshalling the forces of nature for the for the sake of hashkacha pratit. For the right? sake of Yonah, individually, but put in, the, in perspective, like in, in terms of the lesson of the story, what seems to be the struggle of Yonah is, uh, is for natural man to be an end in itself. Meaning for Elo- man who lives only by the light of Elohim to be a, an end in itself without the transcendent recognition. And so Hashem Elohim, when it says that Hashem Elohim brings it forth. Hashem Elohim is the same language that he uses. This phrase of uh, uh, that Hashem Elohim brings forth the kikayon is similar to Hashem Elohim bringing the trees of the gun. Right? It's, in other words, it's, it says Hashem Elohim there too because it's, it's a physical thing. It's a natural phenomenon, but it has a transcendent purpose, the purpose of educating mankind. Which is the which is the higher purpose? So Yonah can get behind that because it's nature, it's natural forces, but serving the transcendent, not as an end in itself, but because I'm sitting here contemplating the judgment of God, I'm sitting here thinking about what's going to happen next and observing, just like Avraham Avinu observed Sodom to see what was going to happen. It says he gazed upon them to see what was going to happen with the judgment of God. I'm standing here ju- and reflecting on God's uh, truth, and therefore God is facilitating that by making it super comfortable for me, extra comfortable. I like that idea. Yeah. So what happens next? But now Yonah's going to be disappointed. Vayiman. Literally, it means to appoint, right? Designate the art school. Designate. The art school says it, but la dati. What's the... That's the same thing. Vayiman. Limanot. Limanot. Yeah. Oh, chaval, the poor kikayon. What is the definition of kikayon again? It's a plant. I forgot what they call what they usually gourd, translate it as. Is it say what they translate? What do they translate kikayon? That's not helpful. Gourd plant. A leafy, shady plant, according to Rashi. Okay. By the way, just a very unsophisticated uh, connection. But did you notice that Ha Elohim came back in that pasuk? With Ha Elohim. And what? And this. 
this uh, tolat came and God brings about the tolat to eat the kikayon. Now, that's actually not an unusual thing to happen. That's probably what, what tolaim tola do all the time. They eat plants. That's and especially a nice, leafy, delicious, fresh plant that just grew out of the ground, you know. It's a good lunch for a... Uh, the, the lesson is um, there is a certain law in nature guided by Elohim <coughs> that should that cause this kikayon to get destroyed. And you're so upset about that Elohim law causing Man. the kikayon to be destroyed. And then me as Elohim stopping the destruction of Nineveh... Bothered. Bothered. Bothered, right. So, so like, why is it, why is it you're, destroyed? you're so bothered. It's not just that Elohim being destroyed, it's that Elohim is undermining Hashem Elohim. Because, because Hashem Elohim means when nature was serving a, a transcendent purpose of making it comfortable for me so I could gaze, cast my gaze on in vain, reflect on the Darche Hashem or whatever Yonah was doing, he's like, look, uh, worst comes to worst, at least this will be a shiur in Mishpat um, Hashem. I'm going to look and see what happens in, in my sukkah, right? I'm going to reflect on the transcendent implications of this. So at least it will have some meaning, you know? And so Hashem Elohim, meaning that the, na- the forces of nature conspire for a, for a higher purpose to make my, my connection to God stronger. I can get behind that. But then sometimes the laws of nature on their own undermine that. So now it went against Hashem Elohim because I was using that for a divine purpose. And now, and what was, and what was Yonah's whole tana? It's along the lines that you're saying. What was his whole point? That Elohim... The idea of Elohim, meaning the, the, the idea that, that the people of Nineveh should be saved because they lived in accordance with the laws of Elohim, is going to undermine the idea of Hashem, of Hashem Elohim. Because it's going to say that's good enough. It's going to validate and endorse that level of, uh, of existence as a, a viable alternative. Right? And that's what happened to Yonah, basically. That... In, in the metaphor or whatever it is, in the, what hap- I'm not saying that it didn't really happen. I'm saying like, what is the symbolism of, of what happened, whether it was a dream or real, it doesn't really matter. The idea is that a, a phenomenon that occurred, initially, Yonah just built a sukkah. But then God brought a natural thing to also protect them. And when nature serves the transcendent purpose, that's okay. But when nature undermines the transcendent purpose, it's not okay. Right when when the demands of the nat- of the natural override the demands of the transcendent, so then it's olam afuch. Because so now the now the the, the, the worm comes and, and destroys the thing that was serving the tzaddik, so to you know like uh, so to speak, right the the navi. And that's exactly what Yonah's whole complaint was that by by validating tshuva of this nature of ha Elohim by saying because they're living in line with the laws of Elohim, therefore the whole concept of Shem Hashem is going to be basically marginalized, not important, not significant, not necessary for, because uh, people can survive just with Elohim. It's going to perpetuate that idea that you can have a godless, not a totally godless, but a, a non-transcendent human life and, they, and it could be good enough. That's going to undermine the idea of Hashem in the world. It's going, to, it's going to cause the name of Hashem in the world. A person could say, you hear this all the time. What do you mean? Many people are, uh, I know many people who are not religious and they're very happy. And they, they live very good lives. And you can get into a philosophical discussion. What do you mean by a good life? What do you, know, what do you mean happy? How do you know they're happy? Right? So the, a person who doesn't live a, a life of transcendence isn't the same type of person as a, a person who does live a life of transcendence. It's a different, quali- uh, and they, they live qualitatively different existence and the real existence that God d- has designed us for is the transcendent one. 
So if I have an alternative lifestyle of living a non-transcendent life and that's validated, that undermines the whole teaching that you need Hashem, that you need Yudkei Vavkei, that you need the, the uh, you know, Ha'ela Kadosh. It, it undermines it. And that's exactly what happens when the Tolat eats the Kikayon. It's undermining it. And now Yonah is really going to be upset again because that's bringing up his whole issue. Right? So what does he say? There's your Kadim again. Wow. Now he's really upset. Right. He, he had started to decide it might be worth living if I had this Kikayon. You know, because the Kikayon symbolized the idea that at some there's time the Elohim will be in the service of the right. Hashem. They will be in the service of the uh, okay, Hashem. Great. Well, okay, it'll work out in, in okay. At least sometimes it works out in favor of that equation. So uh, that gives me the chizuk. I, I can live with that. Right, I can live with that. But then right. oh, it's like, whoops, actually not. <laughs> so I can't live with it. <laughs> so kill me. Right. Wait, uh, practically speaking, what <laughs> yeah. is the what's the eastern wind doing here? Like, what does it help? Because it's disturbing him. Meaning, if the Kikayon had just dried up, but the weather was like San Diego weather and it was perfectly beautiful, it would be good. Well, that's a that's a Rashi. Uh, was it Rashi that said it? No, where did I see that? It said, "Oh, this Pirush here says it wasn't enough to. Uh, it was like just enough to be annoying, but not to cool him off. You know, Harishit means a soft wind. He's saying, right? Meaning, it was just enough to be annoying." That's a, that's the, that's what this pirush says, um, but the oh the other one says no that the, this this pirush says no it means a strong wind actually that's that 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 uprooted his sukkah and his kikayon, and so either way the wind is is adding to the suffering of Yonah and he starts to become faint from the hot sun, right? And then vayishalit nafsholamut vayomer tov So we can understand now, I think, if we follow this approach the book does start to make a lot more sense, right? I, uh, and and uh, this is not an endorsement of having Mosifim on Yom Kippur. Or, uh, I'm still against it. I'm not going to say Tov Moti Mechayai when they have the Mosifim, but I'm just saying. Okay, let's do, let's, we're almost at the end. Then we have to say a Kaddish because we didn't understand. Oh, you weren't there for that. They weren't there for the. I'm going to say Kaddish because, but I didn't understand it. Then. Oh, but <laughs> I, I spoke like I he was a nice guy. Yeah, guy. I'm not saying it was just a funny comment. I was. I was, uh, was, a funny I was too hard on him. He joined your shiur. Yeah, I saw. Yeah. I saw. He seemed to like it. He was like yeah, he was into not, it. I saw him nodding. Aggressive yeah, either that or he had like a neck ache or something. <laughs> Maybe he was stretching. <laughs> Now, if we understand that the Kikayon, see, most people read the story and they're like, he was really up. Yeah. So it, it's it's it, when you look at the when you look at the story. Most people look at this and they're like, he's actually really upset about a plant. That's weird, you know? But if you understand that the plant symbolized (laughs) the way that God's providence works and that nature should be subordinate to a higher purpose, and that's what it, that was was what it was mechazik. Like that was, it was giving him like some chizuk that that concept is still true and will prevail somehow, will prevail. Like he was trying to take that as it will prevail. 
you know, and then then it gets undermined again, which is means to say that uh, it didn't prevail. So and that upset him. So he's, it's not that he's upset about the um, that he's upset about the uh, a, a particular plant. He's ex- upset that what it signified to him about how God operates didn't turn out to be a, the final be. answer. It wasn't the final answer. Sometimes that happens, but actually sometimes. Nature totally destroys the idea of that, that, that it's supposed to be serving a transcendent purpose. Right. Which right? is what's happening. Which is what happens. Innovative. What? Is that the point? What's in Nineveh, exactly. Yeah, so go ahead, go ahead. <clears throat> now this is one of the, this is a, uh, the beautiful ending of the book of Yonah, which is like, uh, most people don't understand. Then ma- what? Yeah. It just ends. We'll find out. We'll <laughs> so you were you were concerned. What is lachus? Right, Hashem is saying. Right now it's Adonai. You were concerned. Lachus means to to be concerned with or to or to give to give value to it. You were you were concerned with the kikayon. That you never put in any effort and you never, you, you didn't grow it, you didn't do anything. It was, it was here today, gone tomorrow, right? It was, it was a fleeting thing. You were, you were really concerned about that and, and attached a lot of significance to it. Hello. Right. So, which, but notice that it says you didn't work for it. And this is where I felt like, you know, Rabbi Foreman's uh, interpretation was, oh, he means that you know you got a gratuitous chesed and it didn't bother you, but when I give a gratuitous chesed to the uh, to Ninve, it bothers you. But I don't think it's that he thinks a gratuitous chesed is bad. That's that's not how we've been learning the book. It does. It's, it's that he thinks that it undermines the idea of proclaiming the Shem Hashem. And so he's saying that. So what does it mean that you didn't work for it? And you meaning sometimes circumstances in nature. The, the, the assumption that, the, that nature will always serve the actualization of the transcendent purpose of human beings is not true. And you just have to deal with it. Right? That's my decision. Right. Meaning, lo amalta bo velo gidalto means that that was a phenomenon in nature. Sometimes it's going to go your way, sometimes it's not. Right? What's going to bring you to your relationship with God? What you are amilbo. What you do. Right? Not the circumstances of nature that happen to either favor or not favor you. Oh. Right? He's, that's why the implication is you didn't invest anything in the kikayon and yet it seems like no, the kikayon took on a great significance. The fact that an external phenomenon, a product of nature that did go your way, that did uh, you know, facilitate your transcendent quests and purpose, that gave you a lot of, you, you gave a lot of significance to that, even though it wasn't really, your transcendent quest is, should be the product of your own actions, not some external thing that happened to you, not what happens to you that, that, that brings you to a knowledge of God. And yet you attached a great significance to it, even though it wasn't the product of your actions. Right? And therefore what? Vani. There's your gidola. Mm-hmm. Especially the Himaraba. Oh. Yeah, right. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, but when you look at it that it's about nature versus transcendence it makes so much more sense yeah, man, Adam, is right. Adam is both na- nature the natural the creature of God so God is saying you're, what, that creation and nature follow their own trajectory hmm. right we as human beings make a choice or yearn for transcendence beyond that through our own actions and through the hashkacha pratit that we earn from our relationship with God from our own efforts. But nature follows its own path. God created nature and wills for it to continue to exist and wills for it to be preserved. And he put, that's why diseases, that, you know, the body fights off disease, not only in a tzaddik, you know, the body fights off disease, the body digests food, the body takes in air. Right, I think the you point know, is that Nature preserves life a lot, a lot more than what is what the life tra- actually deserves based on how much it apprehends. Apprehends God, yeah, apprehends God. right? Meaning, the, the God wants nature to ex- wants His creations to continue to exist, even though that doesn't always contribute to transcendent recognition of God. Or the religious experience you're looking for. Right, the religious experience you're looking for. That's something on your own time. Meaning that's something you step beyond that realm of nature and you reach out to God or you're inspired by the nature, what you see in nature and you see what's behind it. But God, for his own reasons, just like we don't know why God created the world, Right. right? Like the Rambam says, we can't know why God created the world. He did because he did. We don't know, like, the Rambam says, you can't ask why did God create zebras. You can't. He created them because he wanted them to exist. And, they, the, and their species is perpetuated because God willed for there to be zebras. Why? why? They, the zebra's not going to help you in any way? That's not for you to decide. God created the species and he wants the species to continue to exist. And as long as that species is not destroying the world, like the people of Ninveh are going about their business and trying to live their lives and have gotten rid of the injustice in their midst and are trying to live according to the natural laws of ethics and morals that allow a society to uh, succeed, which is the ideas of Elohim. Okay, so within nature, they're not destroying my world. I want them to stay. If they're going to destroy my world, you're right. But if they're not going to destroy my creation, then I want them to continue on. Adam and Behemah. All of them, because they're my creatures, not because of the tra- whether or not they meet the bar of transcendent relationship with God. That's for the individual or for Am Yisrael to achieve through its own steam. And nature will sometimes facilitate that, and nature will sometimes not. Nature mar- goes to the beat of its own drum. The system of Elohim is for all the species to be, uh, uh, is to be uh, all the species to be like that. There was that story of the guy that was the Turkish uh, guy that was speaking and cursing Israel, and then he has a heart attack and dies. And everyone's like, "Yes, Yonah would love that." He'd be like, "That's exactly what I'm talking about. More of that, please. That's what we need, <laughs> right?" It's like that, that's exactly what Yonah is talking about. That that doesn't normally happen. Normally, the same laws of nature that keep us alive and allow us to serve God. Bet for better or for worse, keep Yahya Sinwar alive somewhere in a, in, a, in a tunnel, okay? That's just the way that it goes, okay? Now, in his case, he's actually a Russia. I was trying to destroy the world, so that's not the best example. But the point is that, it, let's say, it also keeps alive millions and millions of other humans who don't have a, tra- a transcendent awareness. We're and saying don't... bad things about Jews, but aren't having a attack. Exactly. But uh, let's say not the Roshayim, because that's a diff- right. maybe a different sugya, right? But the people who are 
ordinary people, not with a transcendent purpose, not recognizing Yud Kevavke, not recognizing Kedusha, living a life of Kedusha, but simply living in a way that perpetuates the species, perpetuates the, the, you know, uh, the natural world and cultivates it and keeps it going. That is its own objective. Why is that its own objective? Because God said so. That's it. How, how I, the, he says, I'm, you're worried about the Kikayon, which, serve, which you didn't invest anything in, and you're, you're wondering why I'm concerned about my creations? Because Nineveh is just an example of my creations. You're, 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 you're asking why I should be concerned about the continuity and the, and, the, and the preservation of my creation that I brought into existence, that this is the culmination of thousands, millions of years of, of, uh, uh, you know, of, of the unfolding of, uh, of my creation, and you're wondering why I want to keep it going and keep it alive? When you were, and you only measure the value of a creature, of a creation, in terms of its, its utility for your transcendent purpose. That's not how it works. God created the world to run according to, that's why he didn't destroy the world for the first 10 generations that nobody recognized God or the first 20 generations in Breshi that nobody recognized God. Right? It's, that's not how God operates, runs his world. But there's a, that, that the lesson for, for, let's say, Yom Kippur, that I was tying it in on Yom Kippur, is that we, Hashem is Avinu Malkeinu. Malkeinu means he's our king. That means we consciously, deliberately live by his wisdom, live by his, his will. But he's also Avinu, he's also the creator. And, uh, and who wills for his creations to continue to exist as long as they're not destroying his world, as long as they're not uh, ruining it. He wants them to continue to exist for whatever reason. Just like we can't really explain why God wanted people to live transcendent lives. He doesn't need that either. God doesn't need anything. He doesn't need Moshe Rabbeinu. He doesn't need anybody to achieve a, 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 a closeness to him. He's not in need of anything. So just like you can't ask the kushya, right? Why does God, like the, the Rambam always says that. If you keep asking why, 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 why did God need why did God create the world? Oh, for mankind. Why did God need mankind? So there could be tzadikim. Why did God need tzadikim? He didn't need anything. Right? So just like we don't know why, right? We don't know why God wills for humans to exist to who fulfill a potential of transcendent existence. We also don't understand why. Right? We, we don't know. So the, the, the answer is, this is God's will. He wants to preserve his creation. And that's one of the reasons I think why it's on Yom Kippur to say that even if a person's teshuvah, you're getting to the end of Yom Kippur, it's mincha time, you know, it's already late. Even a person who didn't reach the ultimate, ultimate teshuvah should know that God wants for his creations to continue to, that's the lesson to Yonah. The lesson to Yonah is you can't only measure the good of the preservation of humanity in terms of its even though it's true that the ultimate good for a person is to have that transcendent experience and to recognize God, that doesn't mean that the only value of human existence is that. Because, because human existence is also valuable because we're creations of God, even when we don't have that. We might, it might not be living it to its fullest potential, but it's still a good. And that's what I think is really the lesson of Yonah. And if that's true, that fits really perfectly with the, I feel like it fits with the book really well, and I feel like it answers many or all of the questions and difficulties that all the other approaches, including Rabbi Foreman's, bothered me, you know, uh, troubled me about, because uh, they all make it that Yonah is just resentful of the people of uh, Ninveh for being saved when they didn't deserve it, gratuitously. But it's more than that. It has to do with how we see nature 
versus the transcendent Kedusha purpose of, of mankind. How do those two things uh, work together? And in the end, that is, God gets the last word. That's a lesson to Yonah that, he ha- that he's supposed to learn. That these two, tr- two truths can exist simultaneously. The truth that the ultimate good for human beings is to achieve Kedusha and transcendence relationship with God. And it's also true that even when that doesn't happen, there is a good and a value in Vayare Elohim et kol asher me'od. Because we're existences that, that God created. No? Wow. And that's a, I think it's a, I think it's a, Rebbe Hanan Yabana Kashem. Wow. Wait, we have Ben Ishchai right there. You can read it. Kaddish. That lesson that boy was teaching him. What time is it? So, having taught him that lesson, it should like he's teaching him that he should have had the attitude oh, so there that it's okay for them not to get to that level that you wanted them to. You should have been fine with that lower level of teshuvah. I mean, we should have seen that as a good. It's, it's, a, it's a level that, that's valuable. It's not the Don't measure it in terms of the ultimate. It's a level that's valuable. And that, that fits really well with the idea that Yonah ben Amitai is really coming from Eliyahu because Eliyahu's whole idea was that it's either the absolute recognition of God or, or it's not worth anything. Whereas Moshe Rabbeinu never thought that way. Moshe Rabbeinu or Avram Avinu never thought that way. That's what we read today. He spoke to each person, lefidato. You know, he tried to reach each person to the extent that he, maybe there were some people he could only get a very minimal uh, level. But yeah. we don't yeah, but, see what the conclusion is. Does, does Yonah buy it? Buy it? Or does he, like, Eliel never bought it. Right. It seems like it. this is the rebuke of Yonah. Since he had it in his that means he had the insight. Uh-huh. You know, that means that this is what was communicated to him and he had the insight and the breakthrough. And as, as earth-shattering as it might be for him to have to acknowledge the existence of these two tracks, you know, as much as it disturbs what he it's assumed really was the truth, for, like, I think it's a very people. beautiful idea. Like for religious people that- it's really a beautiful idea. It makes so much sense to me. And, uh, and it was, uh, it literally was just something that I was, because of the Mosifim, was like looking for. Is it, is it important? They, something they, were worth it, just, they were worth it for. Uh, is it important for us to know whether Yonah took this? No, no, it's not. Right. I, I, I think, I, I think the, the assumption. Kind of like we don't. Right. We, oh, you mean what he did yeah. afterwards? Yeah. 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 And Eliyahu did take it, and God said, "Okay, so you did." Right, but but the interesting thing in the case of 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 Eliyahu that maybe is different. Is that Hashem never explicitly says the insight to to Eliyahu that he should be learning? He keeps trying to get Eliyahu to recognize the insight by you know by the things he's making him do, but Eliyahu keeps insisting on his way. Whereas here, the last word is given to Hashem that this was the insight that Yonah was given, implying that he internalized it, that he that he got it, that he got it. I would assume that he got it. Yonah being Benamitai. Eliyahu, according to Midrash, might be the conclusion of the Eliyahu. He's the story. tikkun. We could use the concept yeah, of he's the tikkun of the idea of Eliyahu like, that he was able it. to see this. Yeah, this that that actually fits really nicely. Yeah, I like that. Another Kaddish. Um, yeah. Well, I think, you know, what I was thinking along the way, and it's not really a developed idea, it's just because you brought up the, the observation. It's a good observation. So I always put observations in my head and and then we'll let them percolate a little bit. Well, and we'll see as the yeah, we'll years see. pass by. Things will yeah, things things happen. Um, but like I was thinking of the word gedola, right? The theme, the, the the idea of gedola might be like what is the whole book really about? It's about what is significant. 
what is really significant, you know, and what Yonah thinks the measure of significance is, or what what is really significant. What is really versus what versus what is really significant, uh-huh. you know, and so the it, this it, city is gedolan Elohim. It's actually very significant to God. And, and but to Yonah, the kikayon is very good. His his right. feelings are all gedolah. Right. His, his because gedolah. he's pro- this is actually a ra'agdola. What happened here? Not a not a and so it's always like. Right. Significance is being measured in terms of his framework versus God's framework is, you know, that's what I was thinking, you know, or the Ruach that comes, you know, is God, what in Hashem's mind is because it's significant because it's going to teach Yonah the, the proper lesson. Um, so I, maybe the idea of significance, but I, I have to like think about it tomorrow. Again with the word yeah, let's, word, let's start it over. <laughs> no, but, but, but realistically... We have a bunch more days and we finish the next second book of Tanakh. So like what, 